0: Brendan Ayer, what's going on, man? You're very prompt. You're the uh, you're the first comedian I've had on this edition of the podcast, and the first one I booked was uh, Louis J Gomez, and he was booked for Saturday at ten a.m. and I'm still waiting for him. So I appreciate the uh, the promptness. <laughs> He'll be there. He'll show. I'm going to start a podcast war with him. I think. I feel like that's how you kind of entice the rattlesnake, you know? Yeah, that's how you get him.
1: Yeah, that's a weird thing about comedy. No one's on time, and it's a uh pet peeve of mine because i'm always on time and so like a lot of times bookers will tell you a time for the show working in the fact that comedians are always late (laughs) and i and so i'll get there at the time they told me and have to sit around for half an hour and i'll be like no this is ridiculous tell me the time it starts you know
0: I do that naturally because uh, I don't drive, obviously. So I have to like Uber everywhere or whatever I have to do to get places. So I'm naturally, I factor in that the guy might be just an asshole driver or there's traffic or whatever. So I'm everywhere an hour early and I'm just sitting there like listening to a podcast waiting for shit to start
1: it's the life of responsible people like me and you that it's it's miserable yeah that we're stuck waiting places because, <laughs> because of our consideration for others
0: um, so i i asked you on uh, alone this time because i so i had you guys on over the summer the rad the famous rad dudecast with uh, greg stone anthony devito and yourself and it was one of the most fun podcasts i've ever hosted because i didn't have to do anything I just,
1: was a, it was a shit show I just, call, I just White opened, Mike. <laughs> i just opened
0: i just opened stream yard and let greg stone make shit up for an hour and a half <laughs> yeah yeah well, um, I've been doing that for eight years so. <laughs> but it it is it is wild which we'll get into in a minute but the reason i asked you on alone is because i know you deal with some uh you've dealt with some mental health issues and stuff like that and i just kind of dealt with my own thing So I thought it would be kind of interesting to uh, uh, get your perspective on some of that stuff and talk about it. But I don't know your exact story with that. I know you were uh, institutionalized for a bit. Yeah. But I don't know exactly what you went through. So would you mind telling me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I give you the, I give you the um, as quick as I can the, the the rundown. So I had. Uh, my entire life, I, I struggled with uh, pretty bad anxiety from the time from before I could remember, like my mom has memories of me being like, really, really anxious about stuff that didn't really make sense that I don't even remember. And I hid it very well. You know, I, w- I was a good athlete. I was a good student. I had a lot of friends, I, I kind of was able to hide that. And it didn't impede my life. And uh, right around the time when I was eight, teen I also paired with that anxiety I started to uh get um depressed uh for for no real reason my life was good you know I I had a um I, I I I had a good family I had good opportunities my life was good I just started to be really really sad um it's around the time I really started abusing alcohol, uh, mostly and drugs to some degree, and um, that's sort of a sort of a separate deal, but it ties in a little bit. Sure. I um, I I I got I think maybe when I was twenty two or or twenty one or twenty three somewhere around in there. I got on Lexapro, and it was what worked for me, kind of, and 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 that paired with the fact that I got sober very young, I because I, I got pretty bad in my drinking and drugs, so I got sober when I was 23. Prior to that, I had gotten on Lexapro, and after that, my mental issues were, like, my, my anxiety and depression were, like, solidly in check, like, really just very minor part of my life um fast forward to uh 2016 2017 um i had a psychiatrist who was really concerned with the dose of lexapro that i was on it was a higher than the maximum dose um that's what it took to work for me and at the time and this was not at all this psychiatrist's fault because at the time there were some studies that showed uh, that could be a risk for heart stuff. Um, turns out that's not the case, but um, she suggested we switch. We we switch to a different, similar uh, antidepressant or SSRI is what that type of antidepressant is, and. Um, What happened and what is so funny about the brain and depression and all of this stuff is um, I went off the medication and just during this whole time I had been on the medication, my depression and, and anxiety had unbeknownst to me gotten so much worse and then no other medication worked and then going back on the Lexapro didn't work which is sort of common. And it's one of the weird things about mental illness is that you can have a medication that works for you and you can come off of it and you can go back on it and it doesn't work the second time around. So um, it was this nightmare of like, all of a sudden I was plunged, you know, I was happy with my career in comedy. I was doing great. And I was plunged into this depression, deep depression and like anxiety, like I had never experienced before, um, just couldn't leave my apartment, just freaking out. It felt like almost constant panic attacks. And, um, uh, I, uh, I didn't know what to do. I went home from New York for a while because I was, I was feeling suicidal and I, 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 I just wasn't, you know, I was living in a a kind of one bedroom deal. And, and uh, I just, I can't, I was lucky enough to have a family to come home to uh, in Cleveland. And I came home to kind of just have some people around me and um, still couldn't figure it out. I ended up, I attempted suicide uh, in, uh, in um, June of 2017. I hung myself uh with a blanket um in my parents house and the blanket sort of like wrenched out it, it like r- wrenched. so I, but i had tied the knot real good you know so i yeah i was just hung on like on my tiptoes. And so I, had to, I had to stand there for a while and then fi- god damn your
0: boy scout training yeah. <laughs> and then f- finally i
1: had to just be like
0: mom <laughs> <laughs> like fucking frank reynolds and <laughs> yeah. always yeah. sunny just swinging yeah. from the- <laughs> yeah
1: Mom, I, how do I say, and the, it, I, this is, I swear to God, Mike, this is true. She couldn't hear me, and she goes, she couldn't hear exactly what I was yelling, and she goes, I'm on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, all right, whenever you get a chance. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, she ta- she's a nurse. She takes me right to the ER, because she knows, like, okay, look, when someone's suicidal like that, they need to be. i t- I didn't realize, like, this was going to mean I was going to the psych ward because I would have probably yeah. not wanted to. Go. And was
0: that the first time you were uh, anywhere near that close to being suicidal or no?
1: Uh, yeah, it was the first time I acted on it. And, yeah. um, and so, so that, that got me put in the psych ward, you know, um, and then from there I was in the, I was in the psych ward twice and then I spent about two and a half months, three months in a, in a mental hospital. I eventually, I eventually had um, uh, electroconvulsive therapy, shock therapy, which uh, um, anytime I tell people that they're like, I, I didn't know they still did that. And-
0: yeah. I was curious because especially on a show like the rad dude cast, I don't know if you're joking. Like when I hear something like that, I'm like, "Guys, oh, probably fucking around because I didn't think that, existed anymore
1: no and no one does and uh I hope it does because if it doesn't I got (laughs)
0: you got a bad bad. you got a bad doctor (laughs)
1: yeah I got really pranked man because uh they did it to me 17 times but uh yeah no it exists and you know what the truth of it is it did not really work for me um but it is uh it is a really effective treatment like the studies show it's it's generally more effective than antidepressants, and and so no. I just because it didn't work for me, I don't want to shit on it um, publicly yeah, yeah. because, like, uh, basically what happened was uh, that one flew over the cuckoo's nest. The movie almost did away with that treatment because it depicted it in such a way that people were like, "We can't have that," and right. like that wasn't very a bit, That may have been a realistic depiction like seventy years ago, but. Um, uh um uh it's 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 done in a very humane way now and it and it works it just didn't work for me and then uh i basically just found a a good doctor i don't know if it was the, the finding this doctor that was really good or or time sometimes time passing helps like mood disorder stuff or um or just finally getting on the right meds, but whatever it is, you know, it took that whole kind of saga was about a year and a half and, and, and now, and, and then I was good, man. Like I'm still, I still deal with, uh, anxiety and depression. Um, probably something I always will deal with, but like, you know, there's people dealing with stuff all the time. Like you deal with your eyesight, you know, it's uh, it's like, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's something that, that is uh, people deal with diabetes. They have to take a shot every day. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You, you just fucking deal with it. So um, uh, it's, it's, it's not what it was. It's certainly not in crisis mode. I'm, I'm functional now that, that that's kind of the whole story. And I guess uh, if the listeners are interested officially, In the mental hospital, I was officially diagnosed as having um, generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, medication resistant major depressive disorder, um, bipolar type 2, OCD and borderline personality disorder so they gave me six they gave me six mental but that this doctor who i eventually really uh really i think helped me out when he heard that he kind of laughed because he's like an old school guy and he was like you don't have six diseases you're one one guy you have one (laughs) complex issue happening like they just need to put tick all their boxes like because
0: i was gonna say that's gonna be more depressing to be like yeah, hey, you got everything like yeah you're just... <laughs> well, it's
1: like six also when i told my mom that you know and she's a nurse and she goes i never thought you had borderline personality disorder and i go you just thought i had five the whole time <laughs> that's what you were you were just going on five my whole yeah, no the rest of
0: that seems right but yeah, that one <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah Um, So it's,
0: so there was nothing you said, you said your life was going good and everything when, uh, when you started noticing it, was that true kind of throughout or did things happen that compounded that? Like with me, I have things that I can attribute it to. Like I generally do a lot of, uh, negative self self self-talk, they call it anyways. Yeah, And then, uh, you know, on top of my eyesight getting worse and all that type of shit. Yeah. Um, But is was there anything that kind of triggered it more for you? Um,
1: I don't think I mean, I really think in this case, it it was the medication change. It was, you know, it was just and no one was to blame for that. It was a weird thing. I mean, it's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened to the author, um, David Foster Wallace. Uh, I don't know if you know who that is, but uh, Mm -hmm. he's like kind of the. He was the, the considered like the, the top young author of his generation. And he went off his meds and he could never find something that worked or get back on the same meds again. And, and he, and he committed suicide. Like, it's just, the brain is such a weird and, and not really understood even by the medical, medical community, um, thing that the 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 medicine they're basically just guessing at shit you know and they're they're doing educated guess but i will say to answer your question like once that happened once stuff started going down that road once i kind of had lost my mental health and was in this place of real the deep depression and anxiety things were getting worse because of my thoughts, because of, yeah. because sh- being like, shit, I'm out of comedy. I'm, am I ever going to work again? I'm fucking living in my parents' attic. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 35 years old. Like I'm finished. I'll never be productive again. You know, like right. all these thoughts that just build on themselves, like what the hell is happening to me? You know, I, I, I worked so hard to get to this, this, uh, the, this point And, uh, and now i'm done you know but yeah that
0: was my thing where every every little thing like i was already in that state kind of but then every little thing would would set me down a road of like see like it would validate all the negative thoughts i had sure, or like yeah. see i am a fucking loser you know right yeah
1: yeah no that's it's 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 so and it's so hard to just be like uh I don't know. It's it's just when you're in that place, it's so hard to look at it from an outsider's perspective and like and like take a breath and be like, you know, it's going to you're going to work through this. You know, it's just when you're when your brain is in that. I, it's, I think it's hard for people to understand who, who don't deal with depression that like when you're in that place, like positive thoughts, they just they're just, they're just not coming. You know, yeah. they just they just won't they won't occur you know as yeah much as you
0: and know. it's even hard to describe like when you are in a positive place because you're not thinking like that yeah. and it seems silly even to you like when you're describing it you know right well like, you can a- say shit like oh i was depressed because of this and it's like well that sounds silly now that i'm doing our all- doing a little better you know
1: well exactly well that that's the thing because it's like sometimes sometimes people will be like well what were you depressed about and it's like well, if it was truly about something i would just say i was sad you know yeah, de- yeah. depression is, is is to me is like an irrational sadness that's like above and beyond what a normal fucking response to like you know there's certainly of course there's many things in life you should be bummed out about but like unable to get out of bed and and you know in the fetal position is not a normal response to anything really you know yeah. except being a baby
0: the uh the thing that kind of scared me which goes to the medication thing you were talking about where uh i started medication in october i think yeah and uh i was on it for a while and i was feeling good and then they actually uh upped my dosage yeah. and i started that and then uh, i traveled for a couple days and forgot my medication yeah so it was two days that i was off of it and i I felt fine, but I had to get back on it. And it was a new dosage and everything. Yeah. Uh, and like, it was like, I felt all the side effects that I sh- did when I started. Yeah. And I started to feel really weird again and have mood swings and shit. Mm-hmm. So it made me feel like, Oh, if I'm ever off this, am I fucked now? So then that don't, that starts to depress you because you're like, yeah. I can't live a, a normal life anymore.
1: <laughs> right? No, I know. And I, you know, I, I um, this doctor that uh, that I eventually uh, kind of I think I, I really attribute him to, to helping me out uh, of the whole you know I said that to him I was like man I don't want to be I don't I, I don't want to be a guy that like I, I that's reliant on pills the rest of my life right. you know, that that's uh, and he he basically was like, I don't give a shit. He was like, <laughs> you, you know, he was like, you think a guy with diabetes wants to rely on insulin the rest of his life? Right. You know, you 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 think a you 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 think a guy who, who requires a fucking colonoscopy bag wants to be relying on that the rest of his life? No, they yeah. don't. Guess what? You're relying on pills, deal with it. And I was like, All right, well <laughs> you know, I mean and there's people that would disagree. There's people that uh would say like, you know, no, no, you can work through that shit. And it's like, to, to them, I'm just, you know, because I've been pretty open about this, so I'll get messages about, like, I, you know, you need to try more holistic approaches, and it's always like, man, you haven't been in my shoes. Like, I've tried the approaches. Right. Like, I, you know, I'm taking medicine, and it works for me, and uh, that's what I need to do.
0: So Yeah, I, I mean, the, the accepting is uh is a big thing not to sound too fucking corny but (laughs) accepting your your lot in life is a big thing too because uh so the program i took a a mental health leave for a few months at the end of the year and um i started a program for uh people losing their vision and going blind and all that type of shit and when i went in there like there were certain things i was always resistant to and would never do and uh, like using a cane and shit like that was one of them and I was always like I don't want people to judge me and then it's funny because when you realize like I've never you know like I've seen blind people on the train or whatever I've never thought like look at this piece of shit using a cane right but in your mind that's what how people think of you you know yeah it's 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 similar with like medication or anything else
1: yeah well and there's a weird thing for me where it's like Especially like hearing you you talk, it's like, there's a weird guilt when you, when you have depression, like bad depression and nothing to be depressed about, you know? Oh, I
0: get that too. Whereas I'm like, when I was there, there's people that are, I'm not totally blind. There's people that are totally blind. Right. And I'm like, well, what am I bitching about? You know?
1: Well, that's the thing. I'm sitting here like I'm t- I'm telling Mike about my fucking sob story. And here's a guy who's working his ass off and losing his vision, you know, and it's like to me, you're inspirational, you know, and it's like, I don't know. It's just it's a it's a weird. And then you get depressed about that. You get depressed <laughs> that you feel it's fucking never ending, being yeah. depressed, you know, it's like uh, it's just a w- it's a weird thing, man. And the brain is your human brain is so weird. And I, I, I honestly. It's funny because I don't think I'd tra- I would trade my brain. I think like some of the things that like lead to my depression, like the fact that I sort of overanalyze everything and like everything really affects me deeply. And I like, I think about like, things all- over and over and over again. Like they're not great things, but I think they help me be a good comic. You know, right. so they, I think those traits that kind of fuck with me also help me to be a good comic because they're you know, that's my my comedy is kind of about like noticing things in the world that's that are absurd that people kind of take for granted as normal and, and so um, yeah, it's weird. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really trade my, my, my lot in life. Um, just because, uh, like, like I, I you know, I want to, I want to make it very clear as we're talking about this. Uh, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that I survived. I'm glad that, uh, my suicide attempt didn't work. And for anyone that is in that place or thinks of, you know, has those thoughts, um, I'm not going to tell you it's easy, but uh, it does it does change. things you those 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 thoughts go go away and slowly become better if you if you ask for help and, right. and keep asking for help.
0: Well, there are moments that do pull you out of that too a little bit. Like I had, uh, so over the summer I called uh, the suicide prevention hotline. Yeah, because it was a situation where I was in therapy, but I it, it was I kind of just wanted to do it to see what it was like more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was in that state and I just wanted to know like, will this help me? And I called and I'm talking to the woman on the other end and I'm explaining, like I'm losing my vision and all this type of shit. And she goes, Oh yeah. Well, I really don't know uh, what to tell you. And I was like, you gotta be shitting me lady. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I've, I've heard stories. <laughs> I've heard stories where people call and they're just on hold for 45 minutes. <laughs> it's like, are you fucking nuts what's going on over there like i'll 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 man the phones if you need if you're shorthanded put out a fucking
0: flyer or something Um, it's why i had to call back like i call i look for someone else i'm like just tell me i'm not crazy like i'm not i can't be the worst case you've ever dealt with yeah yeah can
1: you transfer me
0: (laughs) yeah well give me a top guy
1: yeah I don't know, losing vision. I guess just do it then in that case. I've never heard that one before.
0: Yeah, you know, you put up a good argument. You probably <laughs> yeah, shouldn't just kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. that's weird, man. Uh um, What was
0: the uh so what was the mental institution like? Cuz I know a lot of people have their uh, you know, images. I'm I'm sure I judge it uh inaccurately uh, as well. So I'm curious so, what that experience was like.
1: Um So I've been in a uh i've been in in the psych ward twice the psych ward is pretty intense uh and not great but i will say it's where i needed to be because the psych ward basically is just they're just not going to let you kill yourself you know like that's kind of their a number one goal but the psych ward is wild because they often don't you know you go to the er and if you express that you were, and I had no idea about this, but I think it's a good thing. But if you express that you are going to harm yourself, they have the right to just put you in the psych ward involuntarily, mm-hmm. which I, I didn't know. And I was arguing with them about it. And uh, they were like, okay, I mean, that we can get police officers here to take you or you can get in the ambulance. <laughs> but um, the psych ward can be a little rough because, um, they don't really, at least where I was, you know, they didn't really have the, have the, um, resources to separate, you know, like people like you and I who have these mood disorders from people who are like, you know, uh, just, Deeply schizophrenic, or people yeah. who are nonverbal—you know, uh, uh, whatever they might have—like it's just a mix of everyone, and it's small, and it's you're you're locked in, um, and uh, it, it's pretty intense. But for for what I needed at the time, which was to be in a place where someone was there to make sure I didn't kill myself, it was. They did the job, you know, and uh, the mental hospital was a little different because that was it was like I wasn't getting better. I wasn't getting better. I just I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And, you know, with with my mom, we kind of found a place that was that, you know, my insurance would help with a little bit. And uh, that was like a good a good place and so the mental hospital was different it was you had a little more freedom they had like a gym they the food was a little better it was bigger and it was separate like my ward or where i was my like place my wing or whatever you call it was was all people that were sort of not of course a variety of different um uh problems but they were all mood disorders you know it was it was all kind of like um you know people you could talk to and 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 it it was not you know that's what i was going
0: to ask if you found people you could kind of relate to because i think the vision is uh the the vision that people have of uh uh any sort of mental institution is basically just cuckoo's nest like you said where it's like yeah, everyone no, you meet is like I, I think I'm a carrot or you know like yeah. Just fucking nuts whereas that, that's I'm sure not the case. No
1: no no it wasn't At all it was like Well and my problem was I never Like got crazy Like I was always able to talk And, and like and be Carry on a civilized conversation Like I had Two doctors who didn't know each other And weren't at the same facility One doctor told me I was the sanest crazy person he'd ever met and the other doctor told me that i was the craziest sane person he'd ever met (laughs) a Uh, couple
0: nice feathers in your cap yeah
1: so i like i i guess i presented i i was i was so used to like covering up my anxiety that i could present as so normal until you started asking me about what was going on in my brain and it was like oh fuck you're fucked up man uh but yeah, I connected, I mean, I had good friends in there. I, I I still keep in touch with a buddy from there. I, I was in there for so long cause they just couldn't make me better that I ended up being like, kind of like the top guy. Like, uh, they, uh, there was like a good chair in the TV room and like that it was like this kind of like reclining leather chair. And that was like, sort of known, like that's my chair. And then, um, and then, uh, about a month before I left. And I obviously uh, can't, cannot share this gentleman's name, but a um, a current NFL player uh, came. Oh, and wow. immediately it was his chair. And I was so mad because <laughs> I was like, I'm the top guy. You guys are giving him the chair right off the bat. <laughs> but it was cool because it was so cool because I was, so. I mean, talk about a surreal experience i'm in the mental hospital uh it was the fall and i'm watching football games with an nfl player and he's like <laughs> breaking down plays for me and shit and like telling me all this stuff about the nfl that's yeah.
0: crazy and like or you were just envisioning that and it never really happened yeah <laughs> it could have been a guy
1: he just could have been a liar
0: I, yeah. no, no i, <laughs> yeah, I
1: no, it was funny because because uh you know a lot of the people in there weren't sports people right but i knew who he was right away and he didn't say like he didn't come out and just announce what he was but i knew who he was and yeah. so I, and also like you know if you're a sports guy like you know you know if someone's a certain height and build that they've at least done something, you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, they're not a fucking accountant, but, <laughs> yeah. but I, 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 knew him by face, but even if I didn't, I would have been like, this guy must've played college ball or something. Something, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's too ripped up and tall to be a, like, a, you know, um, but, but no, I knew who he was and uh, we became kind of friends and uh, it was so funny because he'd have like just crazy backstory. Like we'd be watching the NFL and he'd be like, you see that guy? He ate a mouse on a dare one time. <laughs> <I> just, fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: I think he should be in here. <laughs> uh yeah, that's that's got to be that's got to be pretty crazy to find someone that like you're in there for this uh, you know, to kind of uh, cleanse yourself and you have this guy that you just want to talk about the the fucking the nfl with you know
1: yeah i mean it was great because it was like you know you're you, you you go to your appointments you have all these appointments and, and programs and shit and uh but then there's also downtime you know I, I it's a little bit i suppose like a way 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 nicer safer version of prison you know where yeah. where i think you're you are looking for ways to kill time and it's like to have this guy in there who's who who does something that i'm a big fan of you know it it was pretty neat and it, i wasn't like you know i i respected that he was in there to get some shit taken care of so i wasn't like you know on him all the time about it but if he was like if he was in the mood to be talking about it i was super interested
0: yeah i think uh you were when you were referring to being the sanest crazy person i thought of uh I think Anthony Devito had the best line to describe your role on the Rad Dudecast, where he said, "Our straight man has been institutionalized," (laughs) and uh, which is very true. Because if you listen to that podcast, you're like, "Oh, Brendan must be losing his mind with these two maniacs." Right. But uh, uh, does that being the kind of personality you are, where you seem, you know, like a very normal, uh, analytical guy, does that cause people to kind of judge you when you are depressed in this like? we're lucky enough that we live in a, an era where I think people under understand depression a lot more, but yeah. do you find people are thinking like, ah, he's just being a baby. Cause you seem relatively normal, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, it, I think it's more like, um, it can be more frustrating cause it's like when I am depressed, you know, people don't see it. It's my, it's my loved ones that see it, it you know, my, my girl and, uh, my family and, and I've really done work on like, making sure I don't take it out on them, you know, yeah. like um, because uh, that's that, that w- used to be my MO, like take it out on the people I know can't mm-hmm. disown me. Yeah, and, yeah, I do the same thing. And, and 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 that's just not right. And I did a lot of work on like learning how to be like, hey, I'm really mad right now. I don't know why it's because something's wrong with my brain. It's not at you. I'm going to go you know i'm gonna go uh be by myself for a little bit or i'm gonna go on a run or i'm gonna you know just like just trying to put into words and it doesn't work every time but just trying to be like trying to share when i feel like that rather than just keep it in and then fucking yell at someone yeah um but but the but in terms of the public i get upset sometimes because i'm like nobody can see nobody can see that i'm dealing with the disease you know right. like n- and so nobody knows that uh, like and i talk about it on stage so people sometimes know it and i'm pretty open about it if i'm asked but it's like it is frustrating when you're like man this has been fucking hard for me man really hard and nobody kind of knows that and it's uh it's a little bit i don't know it's almost like this gross thing of like you, you, in, in times of darkness you get jealous of like ah look at that everyone everyone is uh feeling sorry for that guy because he had uh you know minor cancer but i don't get any i don't get i don't get any like oh for recognition. sure yeah. it's like what a what a shitty thought that is but <laughs> yeah
0: it's, yeah but, but you uh, do want that in some way where sometimes like depression is almost comforting because it means you don't have to you can be depressed for that moment rather than like trying to get out of it. You know, right, right, it's e- right. it's easier to lay into it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but- um, what? Uh, uh, you're you're sober now. Are you a guy? Like sometimes you see guys that got sober very young, especially in comedy. Like when I think of uh, like Jim Norton or Bobby Kelly yeah. that quit very young. Um, it's not even a a, a thought for them really. I, I mean, a guy. Uh, I'm I'm on the Kirk Minahan show from time to time and he's sober and he says he doesn't even really think about it, which I'm always impressed with. Uh, Is that kind of how you are or is it something you still struggle with?
1: No, I, I don't, I don't, I don't even really think about it, man. I don't, um, you know, I'm grateful for it from time to time when I see, uh, you know, someone who's, uh, uh, struggling with it, you know, it, it does remind me, like, um, it gives me some, some, some empathy towards them. You should just remembering where I was and, you know, how bad things got so early for me. And, uh, I, I would say the only thing that occasionally, that occasionally pops up and, and I'm very easy to, to, to kind of get over it for me. Um, But occasionally the only thing I'll miss is like on a nice spring or summer day, I'll be like, ah, I'd like to smoke a joint in the park. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the one thing. Alcohol. I don't miss hard drugs. I don't miss that. I miss. And I I do have people in my life and they're usually people that don't really know me who will be like, Hey, you could probably just smoke weed. Right. And it's like, I mean, maybe, but I don't want to <laughs> fucking take the rip, you know, let's like, roll the dice. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I, you know, my life is good now. Why would I be like, let's just, cause I do know, I do know people that are successful successfully quit alcohol, quit hard drugs and still smoke weed. You right. know, I do know people like that, but it's like, yeah, I'm not taking that chance because knowing myself it's going to be smoke a joint, go get 30 beers, try and find a new cocaine dealer, you know, like that's, I know my MO, so I'm not interested in even going down that path.
0: That's why I'm always amazed at the amount of comedians that are able to get sober, considering you're in a bar every night. Like that would be my thing where like, if I'm at a party and not drinking by the end of the night, it's just obnoxious to be around these drunk assholes. So you feel like you ha- you kind of have to drink. So I'm amazed at the amount of people that are able to push that aside and actually not only that, but enjoy themselves when they're around people who are drinking.
1: Yeah, well, it 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 amazes me because I got sober before comedy, so it amazes me before I did comedies, mm-hmm. not be not not before comedy before it existed. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, so I'm always amazed at guys that get sober after they've started because a what you just said, and then b I feel like I would have I would somehow feel reliant on that beer or two before i go up on stage you know like like the idea that they break away from that is so impressive to me so uh yeah i think on a couple different fronts it's amazing for me i didn't start com; i started a little late so i got sober when i was 23 and i started comedy when i was 28 so it it was Uh never it was never really uh um an issue for me. I do think in some ways it's held me back a little bit just because, you know, there's part of the networking and comedy is just hanging around at bars where comedy shows happen and at comedy clubs. And like, I don't really fuck around with that too much. Like, I don't, I don't like it. It's boring for me. You know, like I just, to, to be at a bar is just, um, I don't like it. So like, I'll, I'll hang around for a bit and then go. Um, And I do think in some ways that's held me back a little bit, but you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah. uh, I noticed just as far as like having shit to talk about, I'm very, I don't know. Anti-social is probably not the right word, but definitely introverted. Yeah. Whereas I don't, I don't like going out. I don't like being in big crowds. I don't like being in places. I'm not, familiar with really and i'm starting to notice and now with the you know pandemic on top of that i'm noticing like i feel like i'm not having as many experiences as i need to talk for a living you know
1: yeah i mean we've been doing four rad dude casts a week since uh since march and uh we're kind of dealing with that where we're like it's it's really been an exercise in like you know stretching our 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 comedic range yeah. we're like we're not fucking going outside what are we going to talk about you know
0: uh <laughs> I, I think t- the, the the last episode i listened to at the end uh greg was in a, an argument with someone on like some uh message board or something oh sure yeah and yeah. he was waiting for a response and one of <laughs> you was like well let's save that for the next episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's keep let's keep some riveting uh
1: content <laughs> in the tank greg's uh let's spoil it ac- all here yeah. greg's
0: action figure
1: uh <laughs> message board fight we don't want to we don't want to give out all the good stuff at once yeah but uh no it's and surprisingly the podcast has grown uh during the pandemic so we're we're, uh, I guess they're not sick of hearing from us four times a week, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's um, I don't know, man. How, how, how are you, how are you doing now? Like in, in terms of your mental health, is that, a is
0: lot that- a lot better for now. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm always waiting for the uh, the other shoe to drop, I guess. But um, ba- based on the medication that I'm on and uh, the therapy that I've done, and just changing. Uh, kind of the way I approach shit and think about shit, I'm I'm doing a lot better. But like you were saying, m- my fear is that you know, in a month, I'm not just out of nowhere, and like, yeah. how I'm going to handle that, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, you'll just handle it because I mean, I mean, that is the I think that's the fear we live with is like, you know, and it's hard to explain to people that haven't been there. But like, I I have anxiety about anxiety (laughs) like I'm uh, I'm scared it's gonna come back in the way it was and it's hard to explain that to people but one thing that's interesting is so so when you took your um when you took uh some leave were you were you really going through like a crisis was that kind of what was yeah
0: I mean I wasn't I didn't get to the point where I was going to attempt suicide i don't think but i was thinking about it a lot and then i kind of realized in some form i was thinking about it you know every day since i was 15 years old sure and that kind of started as like you know i would joke about i'll just kill myself right right with your your buddies or whatever right and that became like that was my go-to salute like oh I really could just kill myself if things go wrong and then that kind of developed into every day I'm thinking I should kill myself right and that wasn't um it didn't feel odd to me because I I never thought of myself as suicidal right until I would kind of hear people say like yeah I was just you know I was thinking about killing myself all the time and i'm like oh that's not what suicidal is you have to put a gun in your mouth to be suicidal but then i realized no no no, i'm thinking about killing myself all the fucking time maybe i should do something about that you know right and that's
1: why man nothing nothing makes me angrier than the um idea of uh of suicide as a as a cowardly act or as uh The easy way out or selfish because, you know, people focus on the act. They don't focus, they never focus on what in almost every case is the situation. And that's what you've been through is, is, is years of courageously fighting it you know what i mean they never talk about that that for years those thoughts have been in that person's mind and they've fought them and they've not acted on on them and they've and they and they've done what they can not to do it and uh and so you know i just think that's amazing that you that that you have those thoughts and you had those thoughts and you and you did something about it and it's like i get so mad when people say like ah, that guy took the coward's way out and it's like you don't know him. That guy could have been living in fucking agony for 25 years, you yeah. know, fighting it, you know. And so it's just, um, I don't know. I would, I would, I would tell you this. The one thing that I got a lot of comfort out of, this guy, this doc I was telling you about, who really helped me out. He was just super old school. He was Freudian trained, which is like nobody does that anymore. New doctors laugh at that; they yeah. think it's outdated. But, um, th- and he was a big. Um, he was very knowledgeable on like the history of mental health and the one thing that he told me is that like when you have kind of a major episode whether that be you know in my case a bit of a break from reality like a you know because I was I was having some delusions um, but um, or, or in your case, like, you know, did this uh, this period of, of, of suicidality that caused you to take a, a leave from work and sort stuff out what he was saying that really comforted me. Was he told me historically, those kind of things. It's probably going to come back, and he said, but it's going to come back, not as severe as the first episode and that really comforted me that it was like oh so 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 i guess you know in the people that study these things oftentimes these episodes will come back but they come back the the, the first the first real big downfall is the greatest like the the next time they come back it won't be quite as bad you know and yeah. so that comforted me to know okay i got through the fucked up one like if it does come back hi- historically by the odds, it's going to be not as bad, you know? And, and that was kind of good to know. Um, so I don't know. I got, I got, I got high hopes for both of us. <laughs> we'll pull out, we'll pull out of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're and not was... even
0: talking into microphones. This is just a support group that we didn't realize we were in. Yeah.
1: Well, no, <laughs> but it's important. Like, man, fuck, Don't kill yourself, you know, like, yeah, we are talking to people who are listening, but I, right now I'm talking to you. You are funny and good and you know a bunch of shit and like, yeah, fuck man, stuff sucks sometimes, but like, (laughs) trust me, it's good you're around. Like, don't, don't, don't kill yourself. I
0: I I like it when people tell me that too so I'm Thank telling you. you that. You're actually the first person that said that.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I told my
0: parents I was suicidal. They were like, okay, "All right, go for <laughs> yeah,
1: it." Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, finally yeah. finished
0: something for once in your yeah, life, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm working on a joke. I haven't really written out yet. I just uh kind of saw this thing on TV um that made me think about it, but uh the the world record for the uh for the highest uh, the high dive Mm -hmm. is uh, like 182 feet Um, but this guy attempted suicide off the Golden Gate Bridge and lived and if you ask me 225 feet is 225 feet doesn't matter what you were trying to get done (laughs) (laughs) give that guy the record (laughs) (laughs) I like. Right? It. Shouldn't he have the record? That's bullshit. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit. Who cares? <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're trying to break the record. He broke the record.
0: <laughs> that's got to be like, like you were saying when people call it a cowardly act. Like, in what world is it cowardly to jump off the Golden Gate Bridge?
1: <laughs> that's the thing. When you're like, oh, it's a cowardly act. I want to. I, I. 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 I don't. Know. You don't want to say this because you don't want anyone to do it. But I want to be like. Hey man, go back to where I was, stand on a chair with a fucking knot around your neck and make the decision to jump <laughs> yeah. off. Like and tell me that and tell me that's cowardly because it was yeah. scary as shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've always said I don't have the guts for suicide. Like my, yeah. my biggest fear with that shit is like, what if I live but I'm just fucked up? Like there was sure. a time when yeah. I, anytime I would take the uh the train here in Boston. When it would be if it would zoom into the the stop, I'm like, well, I could just jump now, and that would probably kill me. Right. But then you hear of people that like live, live after that, sure. And yeah. I'm like, well, that's no, that's for the yeah. birds. You know, that's yeah. no way to, that's yeah, no way to you, live.
1: You could become a hell of a motivational speaker. That's <laughs> you got a <laughs> career after that.
0: Uh. Um, on a, I don't know if you'd call this a lighter note, but you have one of the, my favorite, uh, fight stories that i was hoping you would tell i don't want i don't know how to ask you to tell it without spoiling it
1: oh the, when i was when i was still doing drugs yes <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah ah this was a low point and this was one of those ones where uh i could never apologize to this person cuz i don't know uh where they are but if they're if any if, if you're listening this is you i'm sorry <laughs> but uh i uh i i um a guy ripped me off on a drug deal when i was I don't know, 21 or something, 20. He he sold me fake cocaine and uh, I saw him. I saw him about a week later and it was winter time and I beat the shit out of him and I, and he didn't have any money on him. Uh, It was a fair amount of money. He, he, he ripped me off of, Uh, and uh, he didn't have any money on him. So I stole his coat. It was like a nice North face coat. I stole his coat and I left him with a bloody nose, kind of you know, leaning against the wall in, in winter. And like three blocks later, I saw the actual guy that sold me the fake Coke. It was the fucking wrong guy. I beat up the wrong guy and I ran back to try and give him his coat and he was gone. So I just beat up a guy saying, don't ever fucking sell me fake coke. And he was he was denying it, and I was like, "Don't fucking deny it." And I was like, <laughs> That's no, what he, I was, was he, is, he was gonna ask. Is was right. there no
0: point where he's like, "I don't know what the fuck you're talking about"? The whole man. time
1: he was the whole, and I was like, "Don't fucking lie to me." <laughs> to be fair, they did look. They were dead ringers, dead ringers, <laughs> like all, uh, virtually indistinguishable. But that was, I mean, that was, you know, I was. It was funny, like, man, I. I still had the same morals and ethics that I, that I grew up with and that I have now. But like when you're an alcoholic and a drug user, you just, it becomes so easy to ignore those morals, you know, to start yeah. to living. I mean, I was living like a scumbag, you know, I was just, I was a piece of shit and yeah. uh, I'm grateful that I, uh, that I uh, got sober so young uh, and didn't have to uh, run. Cause, cause, cause the, the, the truth is I fought a lot when I was drinking and doing drugs and usually I lost. That was right. a, that was, that was a, that was a, uh, that was a uh, outlier. The, the That victory, which was uh, <laughs> not a victory.
0: Well, when the po- the opponent has no idea who you are yeah, yeah, or yeah, why yeah. you're
1: there. <laughs> yeah, no idea what's happened, just a random, <laughs> Attack from a a, a crazed lunatic. But now, yeah, did you, you
0: just go? Did you go up to the real guy and hand him the coat and just say, "This is you. You rightfully own this now." <laughs> no, have <I>, avoided. And <laughs> I,
1: I felt so guilty about beating up a fake guy that I didn't even <laughs> confront the real guy. I was just like, "I you can't just beat up." Yeah, you missed your you chance know, at that. This point. is double jeopardy. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> the that guy got a, off. The yeah. man's already been <laughs> convicted of this crime.
0: <laughs> and I wonder, I wonder with that guy is how that guy tells that story. Like I was just walking down the street and the guy just said, you sold me fake Coke and started beating me about the face.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I know. I'll be, I'll be honest. And this is judgmental and I I don't know. And look, I was a piece of shit at the time too, but like the area where he was and like the looks of him and like where he was sort of scrounging around about, like I don't think he was up to anything good either. Oh, uh, all right. Well, then, but, but that's sort of a vigilante. It doesn't excuse my behavior. I'm just saying he was sort of just hanging out on a rough street corner uh, yeah. at a uh, uh, in the middle of the night. So uh, yeah, I, you're I taking matters into your own hands. I, I don't understand. know what I'm trying to do here. There's no excuse. <laughs> you're cleaning up the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's yeah. like uh, I was uh, uh, at Fenway Park here in uh, in Boston there's a, some homeless guy comes up to me and he mutters nonsense and uh, I go, what's that? And he mutters nonsense again. I go, Oh, okay. (laughs) And just to kind of get him away from me and he walks away. Yeah. And uh, one of the hot dog vendors outside Fenway comes up to me and he goes, "Uh, you know, that guy's sort of a hero around here. And I said, what are you, what are you talking about? He goes, well, that's the Fenway stomper. And I was like, what, do tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says yeah. Uh, he's a homeless guy who kills other homeless guys by stomping them to death. <laughs> and I said, You consider this man a hero? He's like, yeah. Well, he's cleaning up the streets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's a superhero. The Fed yeah. might stomp.
0: Yeah. So oh, I'm saying is, that's kind of what you're like, yeah. <laughs> in a way.
1: What does he, he stomp out crime? Nope, just uh, guys that are down on their luck. <laughs> kills him
0: (laughs) just getting him out of the street (laughs) yeah wow oh geez also i should apologize this is this is how in my own head i am this is you know kind of goes to the mental health thing we're talking about Where during this conversation i've realized i have sort of a crutch where while you talk i feel the need to say like yeah or right and then in that story you go "Uh, i was a real i was a real scumbag and i go yeah right no,
1: it's fine. I realize I it sounds yeah, like I'm like yeah, yes, no, you no, are. No. A, you, yes no, indeed. No, I was. No, 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 no. I was. Uh, <laughs> uh that's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I man I, I uh I I think like I one thing I would say to you is like I I found I found through like a year and it seems like you're doing it. Um but it took me like a year and a half to really realize like oh, i have to advocate really hard for myself like e- even though doctors there and, and therapists and all these people they're there for you like you really have to spell it out to them if you're like you know uh, you know if you're like if you're not happy if you're not happy with where you're at you gotta tell them you gotta be like hey this medicine made things a little better, I'm still, I still having suicidal thoughts or whatever it is, you know, it's like, you have to fuck and anyone listening, like, you have to add, because I was so afraid to advocate for myself, because I kind of, I had this trust in the medical field that like, they'll deal with it. They'll, they know what to do. I don't know what to do. They'll tell me, you know, I, I was very insecure around these people, because I just felt so guilty about Oh, I I don't. Why do I have the right to be sad when when there's people starving in the world or what you know whatever? And so I was afraid to like really advocate for like no man. I need this fucking fixed. Like we need to do whatever we got to do. Switch medicines. Do all this shit. Like whatever it is, let's get this fixed. And like I I just if I could say anything to people that are dealing with mental health issues, like. Don't give up. There's so many fucking options, you know, medication therapy uh, between those two things and, and and different types of therapy. There's, there's nearly infinite options. And it's like, just don't give up till you feel a way you, you, you are okay with feeling, you know, like uh, it's, it's pretty important.
0: Yeah. Well that, I mean that another thing with me is like the sort of defeatist attitude that I had where, uh, I was so negative about myself all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when, you know, if people were negative towards me or like, you know, said I couldn't do something, I'd be like, yeah, they're right. So I was, it would, that would validate my negative thoughts. Yeah. So I'd be like, yeah, they're right. So it kind of manifested itself into me not trying. Right. Whereas now that's where you, where you say like kind of be your own advocate. That's another thing too, is like, try, <laughs> at least try to prove yourself and other people wrong because, otherwise you're just not doing it you're just giving up immediately before you even start
1: yeah absolutely and it's like i you know i you you one thing it's also like take stock of your positives it's like you're you know you're going blind i cannot relate to that 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 is a uh must be a, a, a brutal just difficult uh, uh, a horrendous situation for you but you're also you know a great media personality you're a good looking guy you have a cool fucking chain you Ooh. know like you always wear a good hat the, like you got <laughs> stuff going for you you know you I was know. Like, like, no, I no, mean, like chain's not out is it <laughs> what it, i see it i see it in the corner and i'm mad because it's bigger than my chain that's the problem i see right. it behind your cut co- behind your collar i'm fucking pissed at you because you got a bigger <laughs> chain but uh but yeah i mean it's like because i would i would i, I kind of learned to like take stock sometimes at night. Like for a while, my, uh, psychiatrist had me doing it every night. Like what's like just every night saying out loud to myself, what's good in my life, you know, like, because I was so down on it. Um, and like, man, you got, you got good stuff in your life. And it's like, I, I cannot imagine the, 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 uh, what you're going through with the vision you know but yeah. at the same time man is it fucking admirable that you're well, thank that you're, you. that it's you're... too kind well no it is no it's not <laughs> too kind it's, it's something more people should be telling more people like that's fucking takes balls and courage to go through the world you know uh, dealing with something like that and you should know that you know well, like, thank it, you. it really does
0: um, I have, I have a few more questions for you, but we've done an hour. I don't want to take too much of your time. I got, you have a little I while? got nowhere
1: to be. I got All nowhere. Right, cool. I'm a, my, my, my girl is, uh, we're 38 weeks and four days pregnant. So I'm, I'm on, uh, I'm on. Funny, leave. funny
0: you say so, that. That was my next question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just, I was going to say, not only are you dealing with uh, the pandemic, but you're going to be a dad. You you're dealing with a, a girl who's pregnant.
1: Yeah.
0: Is that, uh, how's that been for you?
1: Well, I'll, I'll be honest. Like. Man, it's it's been pretty awesome because, like, obviously in, in terms of, um, in terms of work, in terms of the world at large, uh, it's been a rough year. So the fact that I have uh, I have a baby to look forward to, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a dad is like this amazing, um just this amazing good thing happening during a lot of bad things. And I, I also feel very, very, very grateful that, um, you know, I know so many of my friends that are struggling and I just, I just happen to, you know, my, my album gets, gets played a fair amount on Sirius, So I've been still making decent, decent money. You hey, know, what's it which, called? Uh, it's called Desiree. Um, and, uh, you can get it wherever, but, um, but it doesn't really matter because, uh, I only get pay- the only place that pays decently anymore is satellite radio. <laughs> oh, well, well, go listen on serious folks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go just call serious and tell them you want it more, but, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I've been lucky in that respect that, that, um, you know, that losing out on road work hasn't, hasn't forced me to, you know, go, um, go, 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 go find a different line of work, which, which I willingly do to support my family, but I, I don't yeah. have to luckily, but um, yeah, the baby thing has been, uh, I feel like almost better that it's during a quarantine because it's like, I can be there for her, you know, um, right. um, and, uh, and I'll be there um, I'll be ba- I'm going back out on the road starting in February a little bit, d- depending on how the pandemic goes. But mm-hmm. um, I'll be there with the baby for the whole first month and everything. So, yeah, man, I'm super excited. And the crazy thing is, like, it's just crazy to think, like, June 2017, I truly believed. I I, I didn't want to die when I attempted suicide. I didn't want to die. I wanted... The pain to stop i wanted the the panic that that, that i was in to stop yeah I you wanted it. to not
0: be alive but yeah you didn't I, want to exactly die. <laughs> exactly
1: i didn't want to die but i wanted to not be alive and i saw no possibility n- zero possibility of a future as a functioning human being in society i truly i truly believe that and i was and here i am you know less than four years later, um, happy, healthy, you know, doing well financially uh, uh, with an amazing woman and a baby on the way. So it's just yeah. like, man, if you're in that fucking spot, God, I feel for you. Cause I've been there. I've been there twice. Actually. Um, um, I, I've attempted twice that, 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 that one was just the more kind of close call but um I, I i've been there so i'm telling you it 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 can change it does change so um yeah i'm, I'm pumped for this baby i'm gonna try and teach it a lot of tricks you know see, <laughs> see, see, see what you can do with the baby <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll feed it you know have it yeah, roll uh, over no, and she'll sit. be on top of that yeah
1: yeah. yeah 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 i'll give it treats yeah whatever
0: um was it was that a planned or kind of a surprise
1: no, it was uh, it was like a, uh, it was like a half a plan. It was like, yeah, it was like you a, weren't trying it, to
0: prevent it, basically.
1: Exactly, yeah. It was the it was the pull the goalie, see what happens. Yeah. you know that kind of. But uh, she seemed to think it was uh, more of a like we'll see what happens, and I was like, I know what's gonna happen. You're gonna get <laughs> pregnant that's that's what happens when you do that but uh we both have always wanted to be parents and uh so we're 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 pretty stoked
0: did you have any worry of um i actually talked to someone about this specifically uh about a week ago but um it's something i worry about a lot with because now i'm I'm 29 now so i'm kind of getting to the age where i'm at least starting to think about that type of stuff yeah um but I'm like, I mean, a, I'm blonde. It's a hereditary thing. My, uh, my eye condition sure. and depression kind of runs it runs in my family. I'm like, sure. I don't want to pass these shit genes on to make someone else live through them. Did that type of stuff run through your mind yeah. at all, or no?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. For sure. How do you deal with that?
1: Um, I think I deal with that by, you know, realizing that like these things that I've dealt with you know if i take my life in totality i i love it you know right. so it's like so this kid if this kid happens to have um depression or anxiety or, or or mental illness issues um i'd rather there be a kid out there with that who has a dad that can help guide them through it than than not you know it's right. like I, you know uh, um I'm just not going to not have a kid based on, on those fears. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and I mean, you know, neither my brother nor my sister have, have, have any serious mental problems. So it's like, you know, it, it's something that it's like, I think when you, if you, if you start worrying too much about that sort of stuff, it's like almost everyone in the world has something running in their family yeah. that, 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 that could prevent them, from having, from having kids. And it's like, you know, you can't really let that, let that affect what, what you want out of your yeah. life.
0: Yeah. Well, that's kind of what they told me Where I was asking, I was like, what if, you know, what if the kid puts something in their mouth and I don't see it? Or what if the kid hurts themselves or whatever? And they're like, well, you realize that like sighted parents have that concern too. Like that's not unique to you. Sure. Yeah. It's something yeah, that absolutely. everyone worries. Like it's going to be tougher for me, but it's something yeah. that everyone kind of worries about. So it shouldn't, Uh, you know, I mean, it's something I, a reason I should maybe consider adoption or something like that, but it's not something that should cripple me as a, as a human being, you know? Yeah, not at all. And like, I mean, there's, there's, there's
1: parents that are both blind and raise great kids, you know, like there's no, you'll figure it out. I think you got to trust that like, if that's something you want, you'll figure it out. You're a smart guy. You're, you know what I mean? You, 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 you'll figure out how to do it. You know, it's, it's, and you'll talk to other people who have done it and they'll tell you how to do it. You know, it's not, it's not, um, you don't seem to have, I don't know you very well, but you don't seem to have let, uh, uh, your condition stop you from doing too much. Uh, so I wouldn't, I just wouldn't worry about it, man. Yeah.
0: Um, do you think, Do you think comedy is going to be coming back anytime soon? I feel like everyone's kind of saying we're, uh, we're right around the corner. Like once summer comes, we're going to be starting to get back to normal, but I don't know the more like in Massachusetts now, even while you're sitting down for a meal, you have to have a mask on until your food comes or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's look, it's going to be weird for a while. um, But I do think it's slowly going to come back and it is back in a lot of places. I don't, I don't know whether it's the most responsible thing that it's back, but at the same time, man, I can't blame these club owners. They're trying not to go out of fucking business, you know? And they're doing their best to do social distancing and masks and all that. And yeah. it's like, to, to me, the government should be giving them more help. If they want them to be closed, then give them some fucking help because they're open literally to, to, to avoid closing permanently. So, um, you know, every club I've worked since... The pandemic, with the exception of one, has been really responsible in terms of uh, social distancing, mask wearing, all of that stuff. Look, it's probably, if you had to, if I had to, in a perfect world, there probably wouldn't be comedy clubs open right now. But the truth is people need, there needs to be some balance between safety and 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 people's mental health. You can't just, you can't just be fully locked inside, worried about our government imploding, you know, 24, seven, 365 days a year. Like it's, people are gonna lose it if that No, yeah, I mean, eventually
0: people have to get back to running their businesses, you know, or working, whatever. And, And they're doing it very weird. Like I was kinda, you know, when I got my, the first stimulus check, uh i was employed at the time and like i don't i didn't make a lot of money but right. it was no different than any other time of year where i was making money right. and um so i was kind of like why am i getting this like give right. the money that's going to people that maintain their jobs right. to business owners that are suffering or whatever it, the, the way they're doing it doesn't make any fucking sense
1: no it's i i don't i don't think it's been handled well uh it's, it's a little concerning i i I, I, I kind of hope the whole vaccine rollout gets ramped up big time within the next couple of months because it's clearly not happening at any kind of good pace. But what's uh, uh, are you living in the city in New York City? No, 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 no. We um. So what happened was um. Uh, I had never, I never, I was never going to be a full time, uh, a lifelong New York guy. It's just uh. I, I, I never loved the city. I um, Kind of like you were saying, I, I get nervous in big crowds. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the city was always, for me, a place where I could get up on stage and hone my craft as a comic. And I was always planning on leaving. And I probably would have stayed another year. But um, at the end of July... Uh, my girlfriend and I, are lease was up, and between all of the clubs in New York being closed, and most of my road work during the year is m- closer to the Midwest anyway, and the fact that we wanted to be around family with the baby coming, we moved to Cleveland where I'm from. So I'm in Cleveland.
0: Oh, um, are you really? Because the, the podcast doesn't sound like you guys are remote no we've done a
1: pretty good job we've we uh with uh uh mike suarez our new producer has really helped us out um uh with the audio we're feeling pretty good about where that's at Um, it's going to be interesting to think and i don't know when this will happen the thing we're all a little concerned about and we'll work it out is when things change and greg and anthony are in studio and i'm still remote that might be a bit weird um yeah. but we'll figure it out um this is just it's just like you know I, I i i i we lived in not a great neighborhood in brooklyn and it's like uh i we we pay like 500 dollars less in rent for triple the space we have a right. yard a garage like just a great neighborhood it's just it's so funny the difference in what you can get it and and we're right you know we're five minutes from my parents and uh i i always kind of wanted to come back to cleveland um so i a lot of my friends my, my closest friends are still kind of my high school buddies so a lot of my friends are still here um
0: you think that's going to kind of be the trend? Like, I mean, Rogan kind of started, I mean, I guess Nate Bregazzi moved to Nashville years ago. That was the first one I heard of. But Rogan kind of started this trend now that people are moving kind of all over the place. Cause at least right now you don't need to be in the city for any reason.
1: Right. Right. Well, what concerns me a little bit is that like the, 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 the few times I've um, been out in Cleveland doing comedy, which hasn't been too much, but like you know, some of the younger kids think that is the trend, but it's like, nah, I still think you got to go somewhere where you can get up, you know, there every like, night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's, it, it it's, it, it's one thing to move somewhere and then move back. It's another thing to just never move anywhere because it's like, you're just not going to get those chops Cause going to New York. You're all of a sudden you're thrown in with you know, the best open or from every city in the country. That's who's at that open mic. It's like the, you know, it's like the, it's like the pro bowl of open mics at the open mics you're going to, you know? So all of a sudden your game gets stepped up. You're, you're, you're writing more, you're getting better faster and faster. And I just think that is so helpful. Although, I mean, you know, there's guys like, um, uh, Dusty Slay, I don't think he ever um, left. I think he, I think he's a Nashville guy. I don't think he ever left. You know, uh, Chad Daniels never right. lived in New York or L.A. Although Chad, Chad would come to New York a lot. So you know, and actually, Chad was someone who I talked to for a while before moving here because I was a little concerned leaving sort of the in, one of the hubs of the industry. And Chad kind of convinced me that that doesn't matter anymore. Um, yeah. So
0: that'll be interesting to see. Is there a, is there anything that you want? Because you mentioned being an analytical guy, and um, I, I know you. I, I, based on your Twitter, I just know you have political thoughts. Not that you're a yeah. crazy political guy or anything. But is it being on a, a podcast like the Rad Dude Cast? Um, and your comedy's a little more not necessarily like topical. Is it something do you try to stay away from all the shit going on right now? Or is it something where you kind of wish you could vent about that stuff but don't really want to?
1: Uh no, I I you know what it is, is uh I don't really find it funny. Like I yeah. um and I think it's it's pretty clear to anyone who 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 listens to me on a podcast or, or sees my act i think it's probably pretty clear that i'm a, a i'm a liberal leaning guy but mm-hmm. like i for me um i look i could i could go up there and rant and 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 divide rooms and shit and you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm just not really drawn to that in my writing, but more than that, even is like, I take much more joy in being in like, you know, the Looney bin in, in little rock, Arkansas, where like, you know, half the room is probably Trump guys and half the room are, 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 you know, are, are um, Hate em. yeah black folks. And, you know, uh, who I assume maybe don't like Trump or some of them do some of them don't. And like, I take much more joy in finding the subjects that can make both of those people laugh. And then they realize like, yeah, there's a, more commonalities among humanity than there are differences you know we all find this funny or we all find that funny like just because we disagree about these certain things we can all laugh at a lot of the same things i take a lot more pleasure in kind of in 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 doing in doing that now it is getting to the point where i'm kind of like man i don't know do i have a responsibility to like to to speak up you don't what I <laughs> you, you shouldn't yeah. anyway like i hate
0: yeah. i hate that comedy's kind of become that where everyone's yeah. like ah i have this platform it's like hey yeah. you're a, not not to not diminishing what you do i love stand-up but it's like you're a joke teller you're supposed to make people yeah, laugh Yeah, exactly you know well, and,
1: it, and the other thing is i do get i'll get annoyed when like you know this was a thing about new york they would annoy me where there's this like pressure to be to 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 kind of like you know, uh, uh, attack um, uh, conservative, like pressure to tell like kind of liberally biased jokes. And those people would make me so mad because I'd be like. You're a fucking dog walker, you know, you're an open (laughs) mic or you're a dog walker. You can do that. Guess what? This is how I this is how I eat. You know what I mean? This is my job. So I if when I go to these places, I got to come back next year like so I can't afford to just go and have the club manager get mad at me because half the room fucking walked out, you know, like this right. is my I, this is a career for me like um, and I don't have a fan base, you know, I'm not a draw. So I have to be good like I, you know, like once I'm a draw fine great, then I can say whatever the fuck I want it doesn't matter I'm going to sell tickets but until then like I I have to and I'm not I'm not saying I um. And I don't, I don't mean that I compromise my comedy. I still, I tell the jokes I want to tell. It's just I don't find that shit funny, really. It's, right. it's, a diff, it's not what my mind – my mind doesn't go to, like, let's make fun of Donald Trump. It's like, yeah, well, why? Well, it's so hard to do, shit. too,
0: because he's such a wild character yeah, that a right. lot of people just essentially, like, quote things he actually said – and then they are just like, can you believe this guy? Right, right. And it's like, yeah. well, you didn't write anything. There's right. nothing you told me that I didn't just see yeah. on the news. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah,
0: I uh, yeah, I don't.
1: Yeah, I don't. Uh, it's not. I I'm not really afraid of getting political. I just I I I in my comedy life, I'm not interested in it. It just yeah. doesn't. You know, if somebody asked me. To be on a political podcast, you know, I, I would, I, I have no problem like being open with, with my thoughts. I'm, 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 I'm a liberal guy, but I'm probably a little bit, m- a little bit more towards the center than most kind of younger New York comics. Like, yeah. um, but, 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 um, uh, you know, in other words, I don't hate Joe Biden. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right um but yeah i uh I, I i i just i just see it as sort of separate from comedy for me
0: you know? yeah I'd- well i've gotten to the point something i thought a lot about just because i've gotten to the point where i would talk about i felt like i was supposed to talk about that stuff a lot like yeah. well if it's and sometimes it's true where if you're doing a show that's somewhat topical trump's usually one of the biggest stories in the news so it's kind of right. weird if you're like going out of your way to avoid it Right, but right. like the other day, I did a podcast where you know, the first ten or fifteen minutes we talked about uh, the shit at the at the Capitol building and all that, and I, ju- I was just like, what What do we do? I am not knowledgeable enough to make any points that people haven't already heard ten million times, right? And I have more fun just goofing on stuff that's sillier than that, you know. Right. And it leads to my thing too is uh, that it, it just leads to like. I remember once um, on uh, the Kirk Minahan show, Kirk asked me like gun to my head who I I would vote for. And I said, I would vote libertarian. He's like, no, if you had to pick, you know, Biden or Trump. And I was like, "Eh, I don't know. He's like gun to your head. And I was like, I mean, I guess Trump just cause I I think it would be, it would annoy people. (laughs) Yeah. That led to people calling me like alt-right Right. Like, uh, yeah. Trump's, you know, and it's like a, a small segment of people, right. but it's still like, why am I dealing with that when I'm not a political guy at all? I don't give a shit about any of this, you know? Right, right, yeah. yeah. Is well, that a thing that's bothered you? I noticed, uh, I actually, I reached out to you on Twitter originally and then saw, like, you haven't tweeted in months. I was like, okay, he's not a big social media guy. Yeah, Is that sorta, something you've tried to stay away from? I got or you're just it, never man. interested in
1: it? I got sick of it, and yeah. honestly, um, what happened was I was basically on it for comedy reasons. Um, and this kid uh, who's really funny, he's actually now he's uh, – I think he might be the permanent sidekick on bargazzi's podcast. Uh, he's at least on there all the time. Oh, what's this his kid, name? Aaron Weber.
0: Yep, yeah, um, he's on there.
1: Yeah, and uh, great guy, great guy. And we did shows in um, – that way, where were we? At Tulsa or somewhere? And uh, he opened for me, and he goes, "Dude, you got to get on TikTok." He was like, "I'm telling you, it's so easy to get, uh, to get eyes on your comedy." And I ignored him. I was like, "TikTok, that's for fucking teenage girls. Right. I, I don't understand. I don't want to get involved in a new social media platform." Come September, you know, I'm getting sick of the lockdown. I'm bored. I start throwing up a couple clips on TikTok and it just sort of blew up and I was like this is great because this I can just people can see my comedy I don't have to look at like the really what I got sick of Mike was like uh, the infighting in comedy Twitter amongst comedians i got so sick of i got so sick of people telling other comedians telling other comedians what they should be doing or shouldn't be doing or the latest fucking comedy gossip where i'm like just who gives a shit everyone do their own career do it how you want fucking mind your own business it just it was all it was all so trivial and so annoying to me uh that i just i couldn't look at it anymore and um and TikTok i don't follow anyone i follow just a bunch of hot girls that twerk and then <laughs> right. my the great thing is people don't have to follow you to see your shit if you if it's good enough and it starts getting enough likes just it gets thrown into people's feed oh really so I, yeah so That's i kind of cool. blew up on there and i was like fuck i'm doing this you know like i don't need the rest of that shit like because i i was never a good tweeter or instagrammer really because i didn't I didn't like it, you know, yeah. like I, I, I just I, it was like I liked it back when people were just throwing up one liners on Twitter. Not when. Yeah. Everything- well, I was going to say well,
0: the way you're describing TikTok is kind of how all social media starts, yeah. where it's like a small group and you're like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. And then in three years, we're going to be like, ah, everyone's just angry on TikTok. Yeah, I don't go yeah, on there anymore. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. So well, it's a miserable thing. thing that we all do. But it's weird, you know, it, whether you're in podcasting or comedy or in, I think any kind of entertainment really. The the double edged sword is that you in a way you need it. That's what I mean. Uh, I
1: have often said like, I'd love to get to the and I'm not not in any way hungry or I am hungry for it, but I'm not in any way chasing fame. I just if I can make my living telling jokes, if I can make a comfortable living for my family, yeah. great. I'm happy. But the one beautiful thing would be if I could ever get famous enough to just fully get off social media. That right. would, I would love it because it is. It, it, I am in a career where it's necessary, you know. Yeah. It just, I have to be, I have to be on it. And, um, even just not being on Twitter and Instagram is, is not good, but I'm like, you know, I still have my accounts, I, I'll throw something up every once yeah. in a
0: while. Yeah. And for right now, it's probably easier because you're not necessarily promoting dates,
1: right? And stuff right. like
0: that. But is your, I mean, my, my, the vibe I have on your fan base and the Rad Dude Cast fans is that it's a pretty relaxed group so do you even deal with a lot of shit on social media i mean i'm there there are cunts in every group but but it seems like that's at least a pretty laid-back environment that you guys have created
1: yeah interestingly they're like they're great man and i think it's just because of how silly the podcast is it's such an absurd like hard to follow podcasts that like we, 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 we get a really kind of laid back goofy group of fans who just want to hear, you know, the absurd stuff we do. And uh, um, so our fans, man, I can't think of a, really a single negative interaction. I mean, I'm sure we have negative reviews in some, I I think, I, I think there's, there was like an uh, totally understandable, iTunes review that was like, "What the fuck did I just listen to?" It's <laughs> like, yeah, I get that. That's a that's a that's a reasonable, uh, reasonable review. But all of our fans who kind of stick with us are all just easygoing. Like, there's no, we never have shit, and we we don't really, we don't really take on any. Like, we're just there to have fun and do what's funny to us. And all all three of us don't really have we're not really that interested in, in, I mean, I am interested in politics, like in my life. I'm just not interested in it as a comedy subject. I don't, it's not funny to me. It's just kind of like,
0: I don't know. It's exhausting.
1: Yeah. I just feel like the fucking lobbyists controlled the government, Shitty, (laughs) you know, money, 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 controls the democrats and the republicans and nobody cares about us end of yeah. story you know what's what's funny you know? <laughs>
0: let's pull a few laughs out of that huh folks <laughs> yeah yeah do you guys do you got and i don't mean this in an insulting way but uh since i did a podcast with all three of you i didn't have to do anything like i didn't ask any questions you guys yeah. just came in and just kind of started talking Right. Uh, which I thought was awesome. But do you guys, like, prepare? Do you go in with an idea of like, what you're going to talk about? Uh, d- depends.
1: Um, sometimes um, and sometimes not. I mean, we can all – we're all prepared to just start a podcast at any given time, you yeah. know, um, with no subject. Uh, uh, particularly, I think that that is driven by – Greg and Anthony have such a longstanding comedic – um chemistry, you know, that goes back to high school. Um but uh but yeah we'll do themed episodes where we talk about it beforehand. We want to do these characters. We wanna we wanna or or I or I'll say I I have a quiz planned for you guys, stuff like that. But um uh yeah, I mean I'd say it's about sixty percent unplanned, forty percent planned um and and usually there's like usually we'll we'll talk for a few minutes beforehand every time like hey man do you have anything you want to talk about like do you want to talk about something you know we'll do that but yeah no, it's not- funny because
0: it's a podcast that i uh a lot of people ask me about this shit because i uh, just kind of review comedy and podcasts and yeah. i'm obviously very interested in it and all that and so the rad dude cast is one i always recommend and i'm like there are times where i'm like but don't don't start with the last episode because it's not going to make any <laughs> yeah, any possible yeah, yeah. sense to you. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Well, we you know uh, Mike Suarez, uh, uh, our new producer, has been really good about kind of trying to help us. Kind of, he, he's good about being like. Okay, you need like there needs to be a little something up front like explaining
0: things just a tad like I've noticed you've added that where yeah, there's like kind he, of an intro now.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's kind of like look, you need cuz you're going to get as as you grow you're going to get people and you need to you need to kind of give them a little framework like you know um and so and it's not that we've not wanted to do that just none of us really cared i guess i don't know <laughs> yeah. we're just none of us have the like none of us have the like marketing bone in right. our body you know so we've always just been like we're gonna do what we're gonna have a good time as long as we're having a good time hopefully the listeners will and that has led to some episodes that are like priceless and some that are fucking unlistenable you know so uh but the podcast is do it is, does pretty well you know and um I don't know. Yeah, check out the Rad Dude cast if you want. You might uh, like it. You might
0: hate it. <laughs> it's it's honestly one of my favorites, and it's also yeah. the perfect podcast if you can ever find anyone to do it. To be uh, animated, I think would be an awesome thing to just throw up on YouTube or whatever. Because the shit that you guys do, if there was a uh, you know sort of a visual element added to it, it would be hilarious. I'm mean, not that it's not already hilarious, but no, we've played
1: around with that idea. We've it's uh, yeah, it's just animation. It's tough, Turn, right? Turns out to be more expensive than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, we're there, there. There's stuff like that in the works. There's 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 some we're working on some stuff.
0: That's what I'm becoming—just one of those guys that I'm like, hey, why just uh, you know, p- put yourselves on HBO. I don't yeah, see why yeah, you don't yeah, just yeah, do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the bet I love that. Like uh, you know, you get that so much when you're just out, out. Just get a Netflix special, Brent. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. When you're out in the road, why aren't you on Netflix and stuff? <laughs> Oh, because I don't want to be. That's why. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, 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 like that. Uh, as I've kind of got this success on TikTok, so many of these fucking comments are, why don't you have a Netflix special? You should do that. And it's yeah. like, yeah, call them then. <laughs> you know, like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: um So the Rad Dude Cast, obviously, uh, iTunes, YouTube, everywhere else you get podcasts, wherever you're listening to this right now, even on Patreon. Um, the Rad Dude Cast. And for subscribers, you guys do what? Four shows a week now?
1: Uh, that's changing soon. We're reformatting uh, the, uh, the Patreon to add some bonuses. Um, we've, we've kind of got some feedback that people are having a hard time uh, keeping up with four episodes a week. So we're offering some different uh, type of uh, uh, bonuses at every level. But yeah, patreon.com slash Rad Dude Cast. Um, and then uh, I also do, uh, if anyone out there. Uh, likes crosswords or likes the great Greg Warren. Uh, me and Greg Warren do the New York Times crossword puzzle every day and, uh, and then uh, talk about how shitty we are at it uh, uh, once a week on uh, One Down, uh, the, the One Down podcast, which is available wherever you get podcasts too.
0: I was actually listening to that uh, before you came on. Another very good podcast that I'm a fan of check out brendan it's funny it's funny you said that about patreon though before you go because uh i did get that criticism so i guess i'm curious your thoughts on it now that you mentioned it but uh i've been putting up shit every day in some form and a lot of it's different subjects and like someone was like hey man you're just throwing shit up at random times like it's kind of hard to follow is that what you guys got because i was at first i was like yeah fuck them like i'm throwing up content you can follow it as you want but Yeah, you guys found uh, it a little difficult too. Yeah, I
1: don't. I mean, I don't want to because we haven't announced it on the podcast yet, so I don't want to get it too much into how we're changing it. But um, basically, uh, the feedback we've been getting is like, "I love this, but I'm feeling like I'm being left behind because I cannot listen to this many episodes." Right. And uh, so we're 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 taking that into account and kind of uh, adjusting, and that works out good both ways because the four episodes a week was really. Just meant as a quarantine type thing because none of us were doing anything. Yeah. And now we're going to be, you know, hopefully soon back all out on the road and that will become a more difficult to do with travel and all that shit. And yeah.
0: So, um, all right. Uh, Air Bud on Twitter, Instagram. Is that your TikTok handle too? No, uh, Real Brendan Air, E
1: Y R E on okay. uh, TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Follow all right. So, follow TikTok. Brendan
0: everywhere. Check him out. Hilarious guy. Rad Dude Cast is awesome. Check out one down as well. And uh, Brent, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it.
1: I really appreciate you having me, man. And uh, I really appreciate you uh, share- sharing kind of some of your struggles. Cause I, I just think you're a great guy and I, I think it's, uh, it's important to talk about it. And I think, uh, I think you're going to get, get through it and, uh, and, and, and be good, man. And uh, I just hope you can, you can uh, take in, some of the value other people see in you, you know. Well, cause, thank you, uh, buddy. I, I've only met you a couple times, and I think you're fucking great.
0: So. Thank you so much, man, and I appreciate you coming on and telling your story and everything. And uh, hopefully, you can make it out to Boston soon.
1: Yeah, I hope so. You know, my my lady's from Maine, but she spent she lived in Boston for a long time. So. Uh, oh, I meant, meant to tell you.
0: Do you have five more minutes? Yeah, I got unlimited
1: time, unless <laughs> unless. Uh, I, meant the, I heard
0: you talking about that on the podcast. That. Uh, up in northern Maine, like the the tip of the country, you want to yeah. buy some property up there. Look into Madawaska. <laughs> Madawaska. We did, we did, uh, so Kirk Minahan wanted to see if his audience would travel to the most remote place possible. Yeah. So we found Madawaska. Kirk got a key to the town <laughs> and, uh, we did a live show up there for like 150 people, whatever oh, it was. That's awesome. People drove through the snow and it's, like there's nothing up there but they have their own little community like there's you know the one pizza place the one restaurant yeah and it's if you're just looking for peace it's kind of yeah. nice up there
1: that's awesome I miserable weather yeah but. i don't know how i do with like i don't cuz like okay uh, what mike's referencing is uh, uh um i was like looking cuz someday i'd love to own a cabin in maine like on a lake and uh um because that's where my, my my girlfriend's from, that's where her family is. But I was kind of just like looking at those type of things. And uh, But I also happened to notice you can also buy like tiny pieces of property in like the way up North boonies of Maine for like, <laughs> three thousand dollars you can yeah. just get get like two acres it's <laughs> like maybe i should just buy some land just in case you never uh, know but, but it's the fan <laughs> but i do kind of think like being like you know a bit of my mental health stuff has to do with like a bit of my anxiety is sort of hypochondriac related i won't get too into it but like it, i do think i would get a little worried being like a plane flight from a fucking hospital. You know? <laughs> <All right. laughs> like I don't know if that's I don't know if I'm quite cut out for that life, but uh but we'll see. Uh I well, did ever... I mean I, I worked in a salmon canning factory in Alaska and uh that was that was a tiny ass little village. So. in Alaska? Yeah when did I Did you live out there? Yeah when I was in my twenties uh uh maybe nineteen maybe uh for uh for a summer I worked in a salmon canning factory.
0: Oh wow that's an interesting experience. It sounds like.
1: Yeah, it was a crazy experience. We could talk about it another time, but it was wild. It's still, right. There's there's no time. To, there's no time to get <laughs> into that because it was it was. It's an hour's worth of fucking craziness that that place.
0: Uh, well, stay tuned, folks. Next time Brendan is on, <laughs> yeah. we will get into the salmon canning factory. <laughs> yeah. And uh, until then, check out the Rad Dude Cast One Down, and uh, find Brendan on social media Airbud or uh, Real Brendan Air. Thank you so much, buddy. Thanks, Mike. All right, man.